Welcome to On The Hill Podcast. Hi, we're live. Back on the hill. Yes, uh, back on the hill. And today we got a special guest, friend, brother, roommate, well, ex-roommate, <laughs> got Marcus Suave. Hey, hey, happy to be here. It's I'm actually honored. Bianchi, but... I said, yeah. is your last name Suave? Yeah. No, 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 it's, B- it's Bianchi, not Bianchi. It's Bianchi. Bianchi? Like yeah. any relation to the uh, bicycle manufacturer? Bianchi? No, I've, every time I Google my last name, I see that too. I don't, that's just no relation. Do you, do you ride bikes? <laughs> no, I'm not a biker. <laughs> I said, man, you might want to do 23 and me, and you might have some relation to that family, man. I've always thought about doing like little, you know, hereditary. I've always heard I'm like Italian and German, but I don't really know my true. Yeah, but the I mean, he's got the gold watch and the Damn. gold chain on. OG, man. You know. Well, I mean, what I'm trying to say is like the <laughs> Bianchi brand, that's like an Italian brand boss. So you might be, you might be like royalty in England or I'm, Italy, brother. I might be trying to cash some checks. <laughs> I know. Get into that family, dude. We'll see. Anyway, this is Marcus Bianchi. I mean, we've known each other since... How'd you guys uh, meet? Is the question. I, I can remember. <laughs> can I? Can I kind of backtrack? Oh, yeah, tell us your side. Of it. <laughs> well, first of all, you know, I don't. I didn't mean to jump right in, but um, we dro- dropped you off as a freshman at the dorm. Mm-hmm. What was the name of that dorm? Rhodes. Rhodes. We're on the seventeenth floor. <laughs> I, I Seventeen out of eighteen floors. Don't, don't jump too. Don't all jump right, too. Right, right, right. So anyway, <laughs> we dropped this cat off. My son off. Eric. He's a freshman at VCU, mm. and like you know. Be aware of alcohol and drugs, all this kind of stuff. But anyway, Go within hands. like two minutes, your whole your room was full of a bunch of people to help you move in. Mm-hmm. And that's how I think, that's what I remember. But go ahead after that. Yeah. yeah, I think you were probably there that first day. Yeah. It was everybody. I was definitely there. So I remember we moved in, this was 2014. 20, August, I think late August, right? 2014. Yeah. Late August, 2014. Yeah. And we were on the 17th floor out of 18 floors. So Rhodes goes male, female, male, female, all the way up. So all the odd numbers were boys' floors, even numbers were girls', girls floors. And we were on the 17th floor all the way up. The elevator never worked, right? Yep. So a lot There of was we were, only two elevators for the entire building, and half the time one of them was out. Yeah. So we were either stuck on the elevator or using the stairs half the time. And that first day, we were all helping each other move in. Um, I was on the opposite side of the dorm from you. And then eventually I moved in with Mike, one of our other friends. Yeah. And we were basically neighbors after that. Yeah, it was one of the floors where um, it's communal style. It's not like the little apartment suites. So you shared the bathroom for the floor. And immediately everyone was so communal. Everyone had their doors open. Everyone was like, hey, I'll help you move. And hey, I'm Marcus, I'm Eric. I'm, you know, so it just felt so open. And so like, this is exactly where I wanted to be as a, you know, 18 yeah. year old. That's where I, I loved it immediately. <clears throat> It was probably 35 guys instantly were friends at once. <laughs> yeah. The entire year just <laughs> open doors, running around. Turned into chaos. Yeah. Pretty Eight, fast. 18-year-olds on the loose, you could imagine. <laughs> <laughs> and ultimately turned into like a lifelong friendship, though. No, it abs- is. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So do, do you guys remember the first instant you met? Like when, mm. you, when your eyes, you know. <laughs> we Our eyes met. When your eyes met. <laughs> Nah, I can't. No, to be, I mean, let's, let's be real. No, no, no. <laughs> not like that, but let's I'm say. I'm married. <laughs> no, let's I'm say, engaged. like, you know, all right, so, I mean, so you guys meet, you know, that first day. 
Right. But then, it, I mean, so, it, and, and it was kind of like, you know, everybody feeling each other out, this kind of stuff. But then there had to be a moment when you guys knew y'all were friends. How about? So actually, I, I could actually go in, in, in that. Uh, Eric, so the hall was split like an H, essentially. The long parts were the rooms. The middle part was the elevator. And Eric had a roommate and he would always come to our side and hang out with all of the people on our side. And I felt like that's when I knew Eric was like one of the homies. He would always come over and hang out. And then he eventually moved onto our side of the floor. And then from there it was just like, yeah, because what happened of the H there was a side where we would play, go and play football. We'd be playing Madden or GTA just, just being very social, hanging out, being boys, just 18 year olds, you know, then the other side of the hallway were all the druggies and they were doing like acid and out doing other things doing smoking whatever yeah and i was like i gotta get out of yeah. this side so yeah, i got news. you so the side you were on was a druggy hall then you went to the other side to hang out yep. yes so eventually my roommate um i don't know uh I wouldn't say I, his name no no i'm not gonna say his name it's your roommate yeah snored a lot i'll say that and eventually mike's room opened up because his roommate got uh kicked out for well, that's ironic. He got kicked out for drugs on the yeah. sports side was, of the floor. You and him should have switched. Yeah, we needed to switch. Perfect. Where was he from? Oh, I don't remember. I just remember he was making DM, he was making DMT in a it's, college <laughs> dorm. So one day he came down the hallway, like, uh, what's that show called? Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. And he had science goggles on and a beaker in his hand yelling, this is not a drill. Get out the way. He was this running is not to the bathroom. Drill. Yeah, he was like, yeah, this is not a drill. And there's smoke everywhere, and it smelled like burnt chemicals for like two weeks. So whatever wow. he was making went bad. Yeah, and that's when he got kicked out. That's when he got kicked out. It's just like <laughs> it was so obvious. Like you're literally cooking DMT in a college residential dorm with a RA on the floor who lives with you, and it's like he walks around. You know what I mean? He obviously knows what's going on. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But he was. People don't take it seriously. Dude, I can't remember. He. I'm not sure if it's in Virginia, but he was from. It's like a peninsula or an island. And all these guys have like the same accent. They're all fishermen. Oh, yeah. Chickatee. Chickatee. Yeah, oh, yeah. it was Chickatee on the Chickatee. eastern on the eastern shore. Yep, that's right. That's exactly where he was that's from. That's right. Wow. And him and his uh, his friend would come up, and his friend looked like he was like forty five years old. <laughs> <laughs> he was eighteen. Yeah. The, master, the master blender man, like the the uh, the the the, uh, the brew master. He would always wear like this purple bandana and like and a wife beater. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> We're like, is this your dad or something? He's like, no, no it's my friend. It's I'm my like, is this your older brother? Like. What's going on here? He's like like thirty years old, like, yeah, a, a senior in high school or some. Yeah, he was eighteen. Scary. Holy smokes! But yeah, that's how that's how Eric and I met. He really he converted over to our side of the floor and moved in with Mike, and then it just you know popped off from there. And then right. we basically lived together every year after that. Mm-hmm. And then senior year, I moved out of the apartment that they were in, but I essentially came over every single day and hung out with them. So I felt like I lived there too. That's good. Yeah. So um. Where'd you grow up, Marcus? Um, so I'm born and raised out of Virginia Beach. I've lived in Virginia my entire life. Um, I lived in Virginia Beach till I was 18 years old. I love Virginia Beach. The 757. Shout out 75. Represent. <laughs> Represent. <laughs> um, but yeah, I lived there ever since I was 18 years old. And then I toured a couple colleges in Virginia. I knew I was going to stay in Virginia. It's just, you know, that's what I was, what I knew. So toured a couple colleges. I toward VCU originally and it was just beautiful. The cityscape, the, I toured JMU and I liked it, but it's too, it was too closed off. I, um, I actually got a scholarship from Hampton University for, uh, 
my race, but you know, no big deal. I, I, hey. I, yeah, I had a oh, big, yeah? big E had a minority scholarship. That's exactly what I got from, from yeah. I got from that from Virginia that. State. Yeah. I got that from Hampton University. So I toured there, and I was just. I just really wasn't feeling it. And I toured VCU. But VCU was the last where I told that I toured and I absolutely fell in love with it. So I've been in Richmond for a couple of years. And, and I lived there for a while too. Yeah, I've read, I lived in Richmond for quite a while. And I finally moved out of Richmond and I live in a little area outside of Richmond now. So I'm kind of we'll branching out slowly. We'll get there. Yeah, slowly, slowly. <laughs> well, okay. Well, done. You got any brothers or sisters? Oh, man. My family is <laughs> He's very big. Extended yeah. family. I have. Uh, Two younger sisters, a younger brother, and two older sisters. I have a very big family. You Catholic? No, no. <laughs> well, I mean, some Catholic families just, are just known for being large. Yeah, large families. Just a lot of just I from Virginia Beach. That's all. Yeah, I don't. I'm not like a. Oh, that's my half sister. Like, brother. oh, I don't, gotcha. I don't believe in that. Right, yeah, I right. Just, that's my brother or sister. But um, I have a. I have two sisters with the same mom, but different dads. And then I have my two little sisters and my younger brother with the same dad, but they all have the same mom, but like that's my stepmom. Gotcha. Right? Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. No, yeah. I'm down with that. Yeah, because my family, um, I have uh, two brothers, a stepsister and a stepbrother. Right. Yeah. yeah. And we're all family. So. Right. Yeah. Family's family. Family's family. Yeah. I have, she's my stepmom, but I call her my mom. She's been my life since I was seven years old. Like yeah. that's, my, that's my mom. Yeah. Same with me and my stepdad. Now my stepmother. She's like a witch. You ever seen like the uh, Wizard of Oz? I have, yeah. yeah the Wicked Witch of the West or something like that. Is that her? She made her look like the good witch. Oh, man, not the good one. No, yeah, my stepmother made the Wicked Witch look nice. Yeah. Damn, that's harsh. Yeah. But so. true. I remember as a younger, a younger kid. And the I Wicked was, Witch was better looking. <laughs> a lot better looking. Yeah. I remember as I was younger, it was hard with me and my stepmom because it's just like at the time I was like, you know, you're not my mom. Like you're not mm-hmm. going to be the one to come in here and tell me what to do. But now that I'm older, I've realized this a long time ago, you know, not, but it's just, you know, she came in my life and was going to step into that role. And, you know, as a, like a single dad with a seven year old, she really stepped in and became my mom. And that's been like my day one supporter. Like I, I love her. So I've that's never great. been, yeah. My yeah. stepmom like is my mom. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. And growing up, your dad had his own company. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So when I was younger, my dad made um he he's worked in like uh or no no you just helped him out so yeah I helped was, him out yeah okay. so he worked in like the government system he was one of the landscapers for the public schools like he yeah. cuts the grass out there so he made like a little side business called Dad and Lad and we cut like you know home properties we cut commercial properties and I was the original lad but now my younger brother Nico he's the new lad he's following up yeah he's following <laughs> in my footsteps so well, that's pretty cool I mean at least he didn't name it dad and Marcus <laughs> <laughs> and then, I, mean, I, I, make I f- wasn't I couldn't take that responsibility definitely yeah, what I mean because then Nico couldn't have jumped yeah, right, in yeah, Nico could have been the lad <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I'm not so dad, dad lad's still killing it yeah that's awesome and Nico yeah, is 13 I think he's gonna be turning 14 in December it's either 14 or 15 and I'm I'm scared. He's gonna start driving soon, and I'm tripping out. Once okay. he starts driving me around, I'm gonna freak out. That's awesome. I've just yeah. seen him grow up. I babysitted him when he was little. It's just, it's kind of wild now. Yeah, it's wild to watch. But yeah. I mean, I wouldn't make fun of your dad and you. No, I just no. say if he called it dad and Marcus, then Nico couldn't have been. Yeah, he would have had to change yeah, his name. I'm working forever. So he, <laughs> no, well, he had like he had like a vision, man, like dad and lad. Yeah, and he knew. He, yeah, he knew. He what snatched was up. your other kid, and you know, he's like, yeah. Once Marcus moves out, pulls the other. 
yeah. kid for child gets, labor. Gets, <laughs> yeah, don't worry about the child labor laws. We're, you know, we're just kicking this thing, man. Nico gets fair to fair, fair appropriate amount. He's <laughs> like, so you're 16, right? You're 16, right? Or whatever the hell the age is. And Nico, is, is that's his name, right? Nico, yeah. I am 16 or 17, whatever the hell. How old are you? I don't know what it is. It's a family Two, business, so, 21. you know. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but, you know, I've just, I learned that from him, so. That's awesome. Yeah. So I was going, I was thinking once we were at VCU, some, I don't know, just some stories were popping up in my head. I remember, uh, like I said, it was, it was 16, 17, and 18. So 16 and 18 were both girls floors. So we were always causing problems. Our RA, I mean, he hated us by the end of the year. He hated us because we he gotten, he always had to deal with us getting in trouble. Yeah. As, so, as us now, we can see like why he hated us, obviously. Like, yeah. And then as the year went on, uh, other floors were blaming us for stuff and other stuff was happening. So mm. we were like, okay, that's fine. So we took every single roll of toilet paper we could find and completely TP'd like beyond what you could imagine. Like we had ceiling tiles. So we'd hung toilet paper from every notch of every ceiling tile up and down both hallways. It's, I don't know, t- at least 20 rooms. It was warm. And you, yeah. You couldn't see through the hallway. So we did it one night and we woke up in the morning and we ran to our RA and was like, we, you know, one of the floors did this to us. So both the 16th and 18th floor got blamed. The girls got blamed for us or for, uh, TPing our floor and they got put on like probation. They got, had meetings with the head, like the RA downstairs. They had all this like, uh, what's it called when you can't, you have to go to sleep at a certain time. Curfew. Yeah. They had curfew (laughs) and they had to go, then they made them come up and clean the floor. Yeah. And we're all sitting there like, yeah. So did they, were they rebelling against it? Like we didn't do this or they, they oh, just. Yeah. I mean, of course. Yeah. They were like, yeah, we didn't do this, but I mean, they but, had no proof. So, yeah. it so is no what cameras it is. on the, no, 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 no cameras. There's no cameras in there. <laughs> they were oh. smart. They would just put cameras up. I, you would think. Yeah. All was, the money was, they I got. Think, <laughs> no, truly. But yeah, no, there were no cameras in there. It was just RA's word, witnesses words. Yeah. Cause it's what it, it is, what it is. I mean, cause we, I mean, we were allowed, we'd like skateboard in the hallway and throw football and you know, whatever. So yeah. they would always complain and get us in trouble. So that's how we got them back. Right. That was smart. Yeah. There was nothing. And we, we, you know, we didn't do anything bad. It all got recycled and we had friends on those floors too, by the way. So it's not like, you know, we, we knew it them. all worked and they, out. They knew we did it. That was right. the fun part. Yeah. It all worked out. <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> and then. Through that, through VC, we both met my current wife, and you're engaged now. Should we talk about that? Yeah. I All right, so, so tell, tell us about when you met, because I remember you were there when I met Frankie, my wife. Yes. Our freshman year of college. I remember we were in your room talking about what you were oh. looking for in a future yeah. wife, and then a few weeks later, you were like, yeah, I met this girl, Frankie, and I was like, wow, this is wild. Yeah. I remember telling him, I was like, it was a late night talk. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I want a girl who's, you know, down to earth, likes going outside, likes the outdoors, athletic, athletic, personable, just a good time. And then a few and weeks later, she was like, Frankie. he was like, yeah, this is Frankie. And we hung out in the park and yeah, it was just so great. What, great what ever about since. the one thing you said you wanted the five, five, two fifty five that fell apart. <laughs> She's a little bit smaller than that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she's 255. Good God. Oh, half of that. 
But and, and she's a little bit taller than that. So, but anyway, I'm just kidding. No, five, no five, nothing against five five two fifty five. I mean, that's some. That's what some people like. Yeah, everybody needs love. That was a P town favorite. Love is love. Five five two fifty five. <laughs> <laughs> but I met Frankie, and Marcus is the first person I told. I was like, "Yep, yep. I think I found the one." And that's everyone awesome. else was like, "There's no way. Like, you're only a freshman in college. You can't meet meet a girl this early. This and that." And then that's when I became like the dad of the floor because I was the first one to be in a. A relationship. Re- re- serious relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So Frankie grew up with us too. I mean, she knew Marcus I've, as long as she's known me. I've so. literally known you, you know, maybe six months or whatever. How yeah. long, much longer than her, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. we met in February. So that was right. just about that. And then, uh, then you met Katie. I don't even know what year that was. Oh, man. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> Should have studied for this. <laughs> Um, I don't know what year it was now. I mean, we've been together for five years now. It's 2018, I think, somewhere. So, so senior what, year, 2018? Yeah, somewhere around there. But yeah. we met through, we met through work, actually. We never even met on campus That's until right. we met through work, which is the wildest thing. Working at VS. Yeah, I didn't know if I could, I wouldn't know if I could say it or not, but yeah. You, you can say where yeah, you Yeah, so I worked at Victoria's Secret as a male, and that was wild Wait, times. Man, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> It's like a dream job for me. <laughs> See, I hear that a lot, and I'm just like, nah, man. It's just so. Let me ask. All right, all right. So I knew you worked let's hear here. It. But yeah, yeah. Let's hear it. No, nah, no, nah, hell no. Nah, I'm not. Hey, look. So you're standing there as a dude, and a chick walks in, mm-hmm. and, and uh, do you go, hey, can I help you find something? Or yeah, absolutely. I've always been like, hey, you know, can I help you find something? But what are you looking for? And I've I've had women flat out go to my face and say, no, I'd rather have a woman help me. And it's just okay. That's fine. We have. Plenty of women here. That yeah, yeah, that's fine. But I mean, but I mean, so you know, let's say I'm, you know, females looking to buy, you know, a bra, mm-hmm. you know, and then like, <laughs> <laughs> see, that's like the reaction I get. <laughs> um, no, nah, hell no. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about like how I know what he's thinking. I'm about. picturing myself there. So anyway, um, <laughs> so then she says, "Hey, what is you know?" Because a lot of times women can't. Victoria's Secret became big because they they made quality bras that fit well. Correct. You know? Right. So then, you know, they're like, hey, I'm actually, um, you know, 36C. Do you think I need to go to a, to a D? And then you're kind of like looking at her breasts. And then, so, I know. mean, there's kind of specific conversations and things we I learned while I was working there. You know, we have a person that works in the fitting room. So I would always refer her. I'd be like, hey, you know, we have a bra fit expert that can help you with any measurements or any fittings that you need. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, if you need any styling questions, we have stylists here that can help you. If mm-hmm. I, if you need me to show you something, I, of course, I can help you with that. Um, I have had women in there that have been, you know, more on the wild side or more on the intoxicated side and come in mm-hmm. and ask me specifically what I thought was you know, the right size. sexy or yeah. what oh, a guy yeah. would well, like. Well, hey, well, yeah. I'm, yeah. Going on, I'm going on a date tonight with this guy. What do you think would look good? Right, right. That like, makes sense. Yeah. I'm just trying to do my job. Of course, you know, I just like, yeah, I think that's nice, but sure. get yeah. that commission. Well, you can't talk now because, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, your wife, your fiance is going to watch this, but we know she worked. I mean, she worked there too. Yeah, that's so where I met her. So, yeah, she knows. So, yeah. Now, one, one reason I kind of went into this was a guy that I was a uh, guy I used to work with, Will Mayer. He, he was a, um, before becoming a cop, <laughs> this guy's a giant. I mean, he's like six foot nine. Jesus. Huge guy. Get a rebound. <laughs> so, yeah, so we went to uh, a Christmas party at another, we were all cops. This is years ago. And then um, Shelly walks in and he was all drunked up. And it says all, all the members of the SWAT team were there. And he's like, you're a 36D. And we're like, what's up, bro? What the fuck? You know I mean? What's the problem? You know? What's going on, bro? And, and Shelly's like, yeah, you actually, you're right. So she was impressed, you know? And then he goes, well, I used to work at Victoria's Secret. No shit. 
Bingo. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I could guess right on the dot, but I feel like I could be close. <laughs> so then he started guessing all the girls. Oh, and he right. was right pretty much 99% of the time. I feel like I could get within uh, within pretty close, to be honest. I saw, you know. You've seen it all, bro. You've seen, yeah. seen plenty of So did bras. anybody ever come in and you're like, uh, oh, never mind. I right, Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so after you were like, dead. Hey, hey, so you're like, this ain't the store for you type thing? Like maybe we don't have your size. Like nah, maybe you need the, the nah, big and tall. No, nah, that ain't for me. <laughs> <laughs> the big and tall. Whatever shots. they wanted and needed to buy, I'd, I'd show them where it is. If it didn't fit or if it didn't work out, that's on, this, on them. You know what I mean? Is this true? Is Victoria's Secret was it started by a, a guy in Ohio? Yeah. Okay, I saw that the other day, and I was like, it's kind of ironic. Less. Yeah. That's Victoria's whatever, Secret. Yeah, whatever his name is. Yeah. It was the story behind. They it. made a documentary remember. about on Hulu. That's pretty wild. Oh, there's a documentary? Yeah. Oh, well, here we go. So, I yeah, I mean, how did, how did it, yeah, I mean, how did it get his name, Victoria's Secret? Um, I forgot what it was. I think he was just trying to make a store for, like, you know, women, and I don't remember what the whole thing was. Okay. There's a documentary on it. On I don't know if you had to take, like, it. an orientation class. No, no, no. I think they're honestly trying to get away from Hey, JC, look it up for me. I think <laughs> we don't have a guy. <laughs> I think they're trying to actually get away from the original brand, and they're trying to make it a lot more, like, inclusive and the every woman's brand because they got a lot of heckling from people talking about how the models and stuff were not body inclusive and they weren't like the everyday women's standards and things like that so they're trying to be a lot more inclusive now especially with the competition from like rihanna and stuff they're trying to okay figure it out yeah a lot of people are doing that too yeah trying to be more more inclusive to everybody and that's where so that, uh, the sorry. whole thing. You met Katie. <laughs> yeah, no. You met Katie at Victoria's Secret. I sure did. Yeah, no, I met her there. You know, we were talking. We were both in uh, Greek life at VCU, and we kind of connected on that. What was your fraternity? Uh, you don't have to say it. Never mind. Yeah, it was, you know, it was a fun time. It was a good time. <laughs> a lot of, I learned lots of things, but uh, she was in a sorority. I was a fraternity. We kind of just hit it off. We went on a couple of dates, you know. And then I, I remember, I mean, Again, I've known Katie as long as you've known her. Basically, yeah. I brought her around pretty quick. I was like, these are my boys. Yeah. And then I remember, oh, I guess you guys didn't move in senior year. You guys moved in after I moved in after that, yeah. Because I lived with uh, one of my fraternity brothers senior year. And we were like, we were close, of course, but like not as close as Mm -hmm. we were and stuff. So I would always come to your apartment senior year. And then actually, her and I, after that, I lived with two of my um, female friends that I worked with Mm -hmm. at the time. Oh, and then right. after that, that lease ended, and then I moved in with Kate and I moved in together. That's All right. right. Time out, time out. This guy's like living my dream life right here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, I mean, he worked at Victoria's Secret, right? But yeah. you're saying, I mean, this is me as a kid, a young man. Yeah. So, and then you live with two chicks, like Three's Company. The t- you probably don't remember that show. You were probably weren't even born yet. Nah. But, yeah, the guy lived with two, <laughs> Suzanne Summers and another uh, actress. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, one of them was like, one of my best friends i met her through at vs and we were just super tight she's like very much like a tomboy like likes to go camping like she's kind of one of the the dudes so we were really tight and then we had like a third who was like you know the third roommate you know what i mean but um (laughs) help pay the rent no yeah took (laughs) took a room up so that was that and then katie and i at that point were hanging out all the time we were what what did she think about you living with two other chicks I mean, she was fine with it. She knew um, the girls. The, she knew the girls. Yeah, and we we actually all worked literally together. We all oh. worked at VS together at the time. So, yeah. I mean, she she knew she was cool with it. Um, but yeah, we were hanging out a lot at that time. We were 
she was coming to my house for a weekend. I was going to her house for a weekend, things like that. And then we were just like, then it got serious. We might as well, you want to like move in together. Like we're hanging out all the time anyways. So, and I yeah, remember we, all the times you guys have moved. I've helped you. You sure so have. You're a king. <laughs> I remember all your times. Yeah. So you lived in Rich. Well, lived in Richmond. Then you lived out outside of Richmond mm-hmm. to that apartment. Then you moved into closer, the house you're in now. Yep. Closer to us. Closer, closer to the closer hill. Closer to the hill. Yeah. Yeah. Not too far out anymore. The beacon on the hill. Right man. in Chester. Man. I love it. Yeah, so I, my kids are like, we'll never come back to Chester. Well, you didn't say that so much. <laughs> no. But my I daughter. I was a homebody. Megan was like, I'm I'm not coming back. Yeah, I never moved back to Chester, and then she lives five minutes she away. She really close, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's a lot, which are we like, so. Yeah. Can't get out, dude. It's a trap. The hill traps you, man. Oh, man. You might be having to move here now, too, so. Yeah, Katie and I are trying to talk about where we want to What y'all thinking next? about? What's the next move? Um, we're kind of talking about Virginia Beach a little bit. Just, oh, man. <laughs> You're breaking the tradition, man. Hey, man, I'm sorry. That's where my family is. Yeah, and, I don't blame you. You know, we just want to be close to family. And we're, Makes sense. That's, we're just talking about things. But, yeah, that's that might be the move. Yeah. And what about her family? Where Her what? family lives in northern Virginia right now, but they're going to move soon, and they don't know where they're going to move. But I think they're going to move out of state most likely and just retire and hmm. enjoy their time. Gotcha. So... While my parents are at least in Virginia, we think we're going to live in Virginia for a little bit longer and be close to family. And then after that, who knows? You know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, there, you know, there's a big push before you guys. Uh, well, right, I'm trying to think about this for a minute. What year? But anyway, it doesn't matter. It, it was this big thing about everybody should live farthest away from home. And it was like a uh, if you work for a company, they would move you to another state. And We said uh, state police was like that too, right? Yeah, so if you went to the state police academy, they had to put you somewhere when you've graduated in in another part of the state. You know, you couldn't work near your hometown. And, you know, people have found out over the years that it's nice to be around family because when things happen, ultimately all you've got is family. You need that support system. Yeah, if you're you're, um, a young family with with a child and you live in, you know, Colorado or something, but you're from Virginia... I mean, you're pretty much out of touch. You know, right. You, know, you just have count to on trust or, other people that yeah. you don't really know that well. Yeah. So to push, I mean, to us, you know, there's nothing more important than, than being close to family. But I mean, that doesn't mean that's for you. But um, at one time that was a push by businesses and just didn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. I remember at one point I was like, I, you know, I've been born and raised in Virginia and I was like, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to do my own thing. And I've just been in Virginia ever since. <laughs> and I love it though. I, I mean, I, I truly love it. I love exploring the state. I feel like, you can be in a city, like a downtown Richmond area. You can be at the beach. You can be in the mountains, and you can all you can still be in Virginia at the same yeah. time. So has yeah, a lot to offer. Everything's right here. Yeah, it has a lot to offer for sure. DC's, you know, right there. So, so you graduated VCU with a degree in. I graduated a bachelor's in psychology and a bachelor's in criminal justice, and then so I dual I dual degreed, and then I kind of went the psychology route. Yep, and I remember right before COVID hit, you had a job lined up. Yeah, I had through a, a school system. I had a job to work in a, a school in a city in Virginia, in Virginia, and I was going to be not a counselor per se, but I was going to be um, basically contracted through the public school to work with them and counsel kids and talk to them after school and kind yeah. of resource them to you know after school programs and things like that. And then, of course, COVID hit. Yeah, and me being a teacher, I know school shut down, everything went virtual, and then yeah, they kind of like last one in, first one out. Yeah, and you never got a call back, did you? No, I, you know, I talked to her, and she said, you know, we're gonna let you know when school opens up and things happen like that, and then I never really received any information after that. So hmm. I yeah. went back to VS for a little bit, and I just was like. 
COVID hit me pretty hard that I kind of, I felt like I was really ready to step into my career at that point. I was yeah. ready to use my degree. And then I felt like that got taken away from me. So then after COVID, I went back to VS for a little bit and I was like, no, I really need to get back into that space, use my degree, do what I want to do. And that's kind of like where I am. Now. Yeah. So now that's when you two kind of have the same position at the moment. Sure. Same do. kind of job. Yeah. So what, what is your title? It's a bunch of letters. <laughs> um, so I am, I'm registered as a qualified mental health professional with a specification for adults, okay. like QMHPA. That's the A. That's the it's A, adults. right. Um, and you're a qualified health. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm still in uh, T. So what does that mean? I'm a trainee? Trainee, yeah. yeah man, so. so you just don't have the hours to... <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so it's pretty interesting. So, But you also have a whole other career behind you. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I, um, you know, I'm so... what's here. Yeah, well, we're going to have a guy on to help. Uh, his name's McCulley, but he'll be on here soon. Yeah, I guess in a few weeks, whatever. But uh, his wife helped me get the job. You know that I'm in now, right, yeah. And I won't say the company because you know, right. Some some huge brands. I don't think it's bad if we say the name, but some companies no. you just don't want to put it out. There's like a small company, yeah, like but private anyway, companies, right? Yeah. yeah, but anyway, the, the the point is, um, so in the state, you know, you can be a licensed uh, professional counselor, LPC. You mm-hmm. got to have a master's. You got to have a certain amount of hours. Yep. You know, you got to have a master's in, in like um, in counseling. You actually go to school for that, or you can get a master's degree in. Um, uh, MSW, Master of Social, Social Work. Work, yeah, mm-hmm. and then um, of course you can get your PhD. But those are the two options to be to be able to work and 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 build insurance companies and stuff to be able to you know get, make a living out of being a, a therapist or whatever. But the QMHP, the Qualified Mental Health Professional, you can do that with a, a bachelor's, you know, uh, or you can have a master's and do it. It's just a, probably a, a less hours I'd have to take, yeah, right, overall. But yeah, so we do kind of the same thing. Um, without saying the company, so you said you're the QMHPA adult, mm-hmm. and there's also a QMHPC. There's a QMHPA, C, and T, correct? Yeah. What the hell is the T, dude? What, what? The T is the trainee. That's what. <laughs> All right, but I mean, eventually you're going to be a, a. Yeah, so T is just like you haven't hit the, the specific amount of hours right, needed right, right. to require to be, be an A, a or a C. So a, you, work with, you work with children, correct? Children and adults. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, I feel like you could. I feel like you can get either one, but I've only worked with adults specifically, oh, okay. so that's why I... That's what, I didn't know if maybe there was, you know... <laughs> you should, I should know all this, but, you know, I'm kind of... I'm just kind of zoning along, he's a, man. He's no, a, you're good. You're a trainee still. I'm a trainee. I've still got a lot to learn. Yeah. But anyway, I guess what I was going to say was... Um, so the QMA... Cause we we kind of talked about this before. I think yeah. at, at Eric's wedding, and we were like, damn, we need to do the same thing for a different... Oh, shit, we may even work for the same company. I don't even know, man. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen you. Well, he meet. went on a cruise. So. I haven't seen any of the meetings, so... Yeah, dang. <laughs> <laughs> He's like trying to switch. <laughs> Who do you work for again? How much you open that? No, but I guess I'll, so, you know, you work with adults, but yeah. did you have any opportunity to work with kids? Because you just said you, you were interested in kind of working with some kids. And stuff. Um, I mean, my, I, my boss kept asking me to work with kids, and I just... I felt like kids was going to be a lot more than I was willing to handle at the time. I felt like mm-hmm. kids was... You're dealing with the family systems. You're dealing with the school systems. You're dealing with, you know, them developing as kids into teenagers or right. teenagers into adults. And I was only really ready at the time to deal with adults and adult problems. And usually yeah. with adults, you only deal with most, like their spouse or who they're living with or whatever like that. So that's cool. Yeah, I was just yeah, I kind of just went that route. So uh, how long have you been doing it? I've been doing it just about a year now. Just, just I kind of just hit a year. I got my annually review, and then I got my hours in. So, yeah, You're doing pretty good. Yeah, no, I honestly I mean, they kept you. So, <laughs> I'm all right. <laughs> 
Uh, I, I love what I do though. I mean, it's been a year and I'm really, I'm, you know, still into it. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So do you have any plans to get your like uh masters and get your LPC? Or? Um, I'm, th- I'm, I'm still on the fence about getting my masters. I think I'm going to, to be honest. I just feel like that's kind of the next step for me in mental health. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's no I, rush. You're young, man. Take yeah, for sure. Um, I think I kind of want to, you know, see how I feel maybe for another six months or a year, kind of, you know, I have a lot going on. I'm engaged. We're kind of buy a house. house. Soon. Yeah. I'm de- going back to school. It's just like another thing yeah, to yeah. do. So, oh, yeah. well, I mean, when I say, I mean, I think, you know, what's your five year plan? <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, me now. I think a lot of times you talk to people and, and I'm, I'm 54. So I didn't get my master's until 20 years after well, longer than that. 23 years after I, had gotten my uh, bachelor's. So you got time. Yeah. Yeah. Time, you know, that's one thing about, you know, you want to get your education when you, when you can. And, and that's same like with Eric, say for example, you know, he always wanted to do something mechanical, but he also had a musical talent. So I was like, no, just get your degree first. That way it's always in the bank. You know what I'm saying? Right. You always got it. And then you can always come back to it and people are like, Oh, that's, that's bullshit. Well, okay. 23 years later, you know, 23, 23 years after my bachelor's, I started working on my master's. Mm hmm. So it doesn't like fade away, you know. Right. It's not like a statute of limitation with certain crimes or something like that. Yeah, you, know, you, can, always, you can always go back to it. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't, I'm, I'm kidding, but uh, yeah, but it's true. I mean, some things are a statute of limitation. Your education is not one of them, for no. sure. Yeah, it's never so too late. It, it's like an investment in the bank, man. Yeah, make that investment. I think about. I'm thinking about going back to my, from a master's. It's just man, yeah, man, just more take, take your time, dude. Yeah, you got time, for sure, dude. for yeah. sure. And I mean, also, it's like every. Everything you learn is going to stay with you anyway. Like right. you get switched companies, and you're going to carry yeah. everything you've learned with you. You weren't. And you learn so much through the field, so it's like you can learn, you can learn a lot of it in a book. But it's like you also learn so much in the field and like yeah. working with clients and that's what I was how about. people actually interact with you. That's right. Yeah. Transitioning this into like mental health side, because I know you've dealt with your own mental health. I don't want to say problems, but you've dealt Just with realities. Yeah, yeah. Depression, anxiety. I think every, yeah, everyone sure. deals with that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, but you listened to the show about imposter syndrome, right? I did. Yes. Yeah, correct. and you heard about where like I can even leave the house. Yeah, yeah. They're like almost like an agoraphobic. So I mean, I mean, I'm like an open book. So I mean, you don't have to share anything on here. But I mean, it, it certainly lends you to be better prepared to talk to people who are going to do something that you've already been through. Mm-hmm. For sure. And say you just read in the book. I mean, if you don't mind, I'll tell this quick story. Then we. So there was a guy that there. Well, I worked at Talkers when I retired, um, which is you know part of Chippenham Hospital as security. So you know we had people there that had gotten some, some people were RNs that became therapists. We had people one, one lady there who was a therapist who was a patient at Talkers at one point, and then she ended up being a, a therapist and working at Talkers. Um, so what you were saying about life experience. So there's a guy I won't say his name, but he super cool dude. He, he had his degree in music. And he got a job at, at Tucker's as a mental health tech because his best friend, lifelong friend, actually female, was an RN there. And literally in about a year and a half of being there, and, and I, I was watching him and stuff, that was one thing I liked about the job was seeing these young people starting. And he learned more in that year and a half being a mental health tech as far as about people than mm-hmm. he ever would have learned just going to college or even as a, 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 through high school and all that. So, you know, it really, he, and he said it is, and this, this job changed my entire life. Yeah. So, you know, when, when you, yeah. when you deal with people and you see people at their worst particular, 
and not not just the patients, but also the staff. I mean, you, I saw a good staff that worked there at the hospital. These, these people are all hospitalized just temporarily, you know. And then you, you'd see staff members that were great with people that needed help and some that, that were in a position of power as a nurse or an RN or whatever, and they would use that power for, for ill purposes. You know, right. they, they had that, that, right. that addiction to it. Yeah. But I guess what I'm getting around to is you'll never regret doing what you did, and you either as a teacher is that lifelong experience of having to deal with people. I mean, that, that's money in the bank, man. Yeah. Yeah. Teaches you every. I mean, not everything, but it gives you – Different outlook on a lot of things. Yeah, and one more thing. We had a dude that was there. He he, he basically went from high school to bachelor's to, to master's, and he was supposed to be a therapist. And nothing against the kid. He was all right. But, I mean, I'm just like, dude, this cat don't know jack shit. You know what I mean? So he would, he would have family meetings with people whose kids were there. Yeah. And he don't he don't have a kid. Mm-hmm. He's 20-some years old. He's never done nothing but go to school. And I'm just like, I'm sitting there looking at this. I mean, if I was a parent, I'm like, hey, what do you think? He's sitting there like, uh, I don't have kids. How old are you? 27. Are you married? No. It's like, how the hell are you giving me advice about being a parent? Right. Yeah. That's a little tough. You dig what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, so anyway, I, I, you'll never regret it. Yeah. And I was just thinking in your field, right? Well, actually both of your fields, you deal with a lot of probably people who have a lot of, well, I guess on a, from the outside view, uh, people have different misconceptions about mental health and what what you see on TV or what you see in commercials and stuff. But uh, I guess both your experience, what, I mean, what do you see going in as a misconception? And I'm, I'm trying to get around to like, most of these people are just everyday people, like normal people who have maybe something drastic happened or maybe they've just been stuck yeah, in they, the system for so long. Right, they could be stuck in their environment or they could have a past trauma that is still affecting them. They could have a substance abuse issue that yeah. people don't know about. It's just so many different things that you deal with and you see so many different people while you work and you get different clients, you see different 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 things in the environment and it's just, it's um it's kind of a lot, you know, yeah. to get in there. I'm sure a lot of it's specific to that like you said, that environment, that situation too. Right. So, I mean, with different people, you kind of, you make a individualized service plan for each client that you get and you make goals for each person mm-hmm. and then you work on them with those goals. So it could be, you know, obtaining employment or obtaining housing or every first goal is for us is at least um, working on your mental health. Right. So it has to be, you know, working on coping skills, kind of figuring out how to sustain yourself individually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have you can have a substance abuse a substance abuse goal. You can have a housing goal, employment goal, independent living skills. It's just you work on so many different things with these people. And we we wake up every day and we look at our goals and look what we want to do. And we think about you know, let's say we want to get housing, right? right? We know that we have to save our money. We have to save up for a deposit. We have to move our things properly. It's just so many steps before mm-hmm. you can actually acquire housing. Right. A lot of the people that I work with, mental illness, they don't have, you know, clear rational thinking because of their mental illness and they just say, I want housing and they want to be moved into their house tomorrow. And they have no... Yeah, it's just, right, it's just not how it works. They don't have a budget prepared, they don't have money for a deposit, they don't have a first month's rent ready and it's just, you really have to meet them where they are and help them get to every step. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like the biggest thing. Yeah, that's where you come in. Yeah, that's where I come in. It's like, and you know, you can only you can only do so much. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. I can't get them approved. I can help them we with can, applications. I can help them save money, but I can't be the right. one to get them approved. I'm not moving their stuff in for them. They still have to do things on their own. Yeah. Because you're not their parent. Correct. You're just a helping um, hand. Correct. Yeah. You guide them. Yeah. I help them with their skill building. I help them, you know, individualize as adults. I help them be sustainable in the community and their own lives. I help them access resources. I'm just, I'm a support. I, I'll walk with you, but I'm never going to take, lead your hand and take you across. You know what I mean? Right. So, What's the saying? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't. You can't force it to drink. That's exactly how it is. Yeah. So like he's saying is, you know, there's um, what, what, what you would take for granted. So like the misconception about mental illness is, um, I would say that, you know, first of all, a lot of people are just terrified of people. They think everybody who's mentally ill is, is violent or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But um, that's not the case. Of course, some people are that are mentally ill, but but what we call normal people are, are dangerous too, you know. Oh, yeah. But anyway, um, like Marcus is saying is uh, the idea that like a mental health skill builder is somebody that, you know, the idea uh, the idea of saving money, putting money in, in the bank, and all these other things are de- determined upon whether they even have a job. So, you know, can they hold a job? Do they have a transportation to the job? Are they able to have the skills to show up to work on time, right. work a full four to eight hour day? Do they even have the appropriate clothing? Like, yeah, all these things are what, what you take for granted right. is just like every day is a, is a struggle. Now, that's not for every every group. I mean, you've got different types, but, you know, um, some clients are bipolar, some clients are schizophrenic, you know, um, I'm just talking about some of the clients I have. Major but, depressive is a mental illness. I mean, yeah. that's what that's a lot of people I deal with have major depressive disorder. So it's, you know, they kind of get stuck in their rut. Yeah, they can't get out of that. They, they and that is just extreme depression. Right, yeah. It's um, You have like, you know, certain signs that you have to go through and certain like kind of checkoffs to be assessed as major depressive disorder. Right. And the other thing is, you know, they get their services a lot of, you know, um, through the state or, or through their community service board. Mm-hmm. So th- those people are already, um, you know, understaffed, underpaid. Yep. Yeah. So you may not have the best of the best in those particular fields. And then the wait list to get anything done is, is forever. Like, you know, if somebody applies with disability, it may take almost a year for them to get the, the notice back, whether they're approved or not. Right. You know, and there's a guy, uh, I know a, a client that he's been trying to get a part of a program. He's waited about three months and he comes back, he's not qualified. But, I mean, that's a long time. Imagine you need an immediate, like you need food or you need transportation to a doctor's mm-hmm. appointment and you don't have a car. And, and you know, same with me. I'm not, I'm not transportation for people to go to a doctor's appointment. Now, we can go if, um, you know, they're terrified or they have stressors about going. But, you know, the company I work for is not necessarily a transportation right. company. So, right. you know, it's what I guess what I'm getting around to is, the, the system's broken, and it's nothing. It's nothing new. The president today signed new legislature to try to get you know a, additional monies and assistance to people struggling for mental health. That's mm-hmm. just at the national level, but even at the state level, it, I mean, everybody knows the system's broke. Yeah, this is overwhelmed. And they get and taken advantage of too. They get taken advantage of, but even with COVID and people like, let's take a look at the teenagers. You know, suicide rate increased, depression rates decreased. You know, increase rather. Um, so that it, the system was already taxed and then you add COVID to it and now the system's overburdened. And, and mm-hmm. as a result, you got people just waiting and, and that waiting equates to more anxiety, more suffering and, um, no services available. People are just waiting to get services. Yeah. Well, I know that's what happened to, I mean, they, when I was teaching the kids I was working with, there was a, 
I think three or four time. Um, I should take that back. I think it tripled once COVID hit the amount of kids who got uh, put out for either suicide watch or went to a mental health facility. Yeah. And usually it was like one or two kids a year. And then it was just repeat. It would, it would be the repeat kids too. I mean, it would continue to happen just based on their environment. But after COVID hit, it was like that amount tripled within the first three or four months of school right. compared to like the previous one or two years before that. Right. And then the kids who would go in there, like you said, they would be sitting there waiting or waiting for medication or they're, I would get emails from parents like so-and-so just started their new medication and whatever had happened that triggered it was, had been like two or three months prior to that. And it right. took them three months just to get a doctor's visit right. and that medication. And the kids sitting there suffering the whole time. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I know it's not just kids, but I'm just, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what you were opposed, exposed to, and that's who, you, who you're, you know, you're, uh, you're working with. But I mean, the bottom line is, you don't know suffering. I mean, there's plenty of people to suffer with diseases and you know physical ailments. But the mental, the what, the other thing is, you know, when, like uh, Marcus said, you know, major depression or anxiety disorders. I mean, that's real suffering. Yeah. I mean, it's not. It may not be a physical pain, but it is a physiological change in your body that you get into this cycle you can't get out of. And it's real. It's not this thing about all oh, he just so and so is faking or just tough it up. It's not even. It's not even close to something like that. So when, when somebody says something along those lines, you know th- they're fortunate enough or who have never been through something like that. Right. Correct. I mean, yeah. it's a disabling. I mean, like I said, I mean, I was like nineteen or twenty. I couldn't even get out of the freaking house, man, because everywhere I went was anxiety attack after anxiety attack. Yeah. You know, and it just. You know, I, fortunately and unfortunately, I suffered because my parents didn't believe in the medication regi- uh, regimen or whatever. So I just had to learn myself how to how to um, do cognitive behavioral therapy, how to restructure um, my way of thinking to uh, to overcome it. You know? Yeah, yeah. And now, is there? And of course, I mean, we're both twenty seven, so yeah. dang, we have our own. Y'all might break, man. This is the no, time. Twenty seven yet? No, I am. Yeah, you are. June. This is the time for the major break, man. <laughs> you guys might break. No, I knew kidding. I was older. But uh, just based, well, I guess based on your experience and then based on this, um, the job you have now, if someone's in a tough spot, if someone's really struggling with maybe depression or might be you know, let's, away from the mental, or away from like a, a disability. Yeah, just kind of like, you know, just like the typical, or, you know, I mean, you're about to get married, you're looking for a house, you're. Yeah. I, stressful time. So I've what, always, what are your strategies you use? Um, I mean, personally, I've always used kind of my own coping skills. Currently, I'm actually looking into seeing a therapist personally. I just feel like you can only go through so many coping skills, but at some point you need to figure out like, hey, like yeah, I need to talk to someone professionally. Mm-hmm. Like I can only do so many things for my yeah. house. Heck yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you have bugs in your house, you can only do so many home things until it's like, okay, I need to call an exterminator. I need to call someone who knows what they're doing. Right. So that's kind of, you know, where I'm at. I'm not saying like, you know, the world is ending, but it's just like, hey, I know I can tell this is not the best me. Right. And I want to talk to someone and figure that out. And I've always suggested that to people. Like, I feel like most people should seek therapy. You know what I mean? No one is perfect. And I think we've said this before. If someone's head hurts or they're having chest pain, they go straight to a doctor. Correct. If you break your leg, straight to the hospital. If you feel like, you're depressed or you feel off, people are scared to go mental health just has take medicine su- or such see a, a therapist. Stigma that it like, you know, oh, that's 
you're not sad, you know, just, you know, yeah, you'll shake, be fine or whatever. It and it's like, you know, there's such a stigma about like, you know, going to see therapists or talking about your feelings or, you know, men crying or whatever. And it's just like, that is real life. You know, people experience emotions, things happen. And I've always been a proprietor of, you know, trying to set positive coping skills for yourself, you know, journaling, mm-hmm. going for walks, being physically active, trying to clean up your diet, you know, little things that you can do. But ultimately, if you really need to get your feelings out and do something like that, seek a therapist, seek, seek someone who's professional and who knows what they're talking about and that can listen to you and provide support. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying this is, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I'll say, you know, if, if, particularly if you're doing this line of work, it probably is. I mean, aside from the fact that, you know, um, maybe you had some pre existing things going on in your life that you'd like to uh, have somebody to talk about, but every day dealing with people with these, you know, that, that have problems similar to yours or more or worse, it's always good to have somebody else to talk to. Right. You know, and, you know, I, so I think that's a great idea. And yeah. in fact, a lot of people who, who are therapists have, a, have their own therapists for that very reason. Yeah. Cause yeah. You, you begin, particularly if you're like an empath or somewhat empathetic, some of that stuff starts to, you know, you start to feel the pain of the person right. you're talking to and you, you know, it, it kind of, it just becomes part of you. So it's definitely a great idea. I would suggest it for anybody. Yeah. I have a, a couple of clients I have like under my scheduling and I see them weekly and it's just like, you know, I take a little bit off their plate every week and then I have my own things. I have my fiance, I have my family and it kind of just accumulates. Right. And then, yeah. you know, sometimes you just need to vent that out, you know, talk to someone, get it out. And it just, I've always felt like that's been, I've never experience therapy you know i've been the one to see it and i've been been able to provide people and clients with you know mm-hmm. supportive interventions things like that but um ultimately i'm kind of like get really getting into the idea that i want to talk to someone and kind of just like get all my feelings out yeah do it man yeah for I know sure it helps because i know yeah. and i know it's hard to find too because yeah, i'm definitely gonna bounce around i know i know many of people who have had to go through three or four yeah therapist before they found out like who was for them especially in, per- in person too no yeah i'm definitely in person i can't do i was gonna i remember during covid that time like i was kind of you know getting isolated you know COVID yeah. was like, a hard time for everybody and i feel like i want to talk to somebody at that point and everyone was taking virtual and i was just like i feel like i can't like connect i feel like i just yeah. can't like get there i've always felt like disconnected with virtual yeah doesn't and really I push you in the moment i will say it because that's all i was saying it's harder to get an in-person uh, therapist fast because I know for sure. Because I'll bring up uh, my wife Frankie. Her her dad had passed less than a year ago, and she was looking for somebody. I mean, that was a traumatic thing. She was looking for somebody right away, mm-hmm. and everything was booked like four to five. I was at four to six months. Yeah, before she could even meet somebody. Didn't take processes. And the next click she would make was like schedule an appointment in whatever end of the year, and the next thing was. A suicide hotline number would pop up. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. Why is that? That's the system's broke, man. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, oh, you need help. Well, we're gonna assume the worst. Suicide Here's- hotline. There's a crisis hotline. There's a housing hotline, and most of those hotlines just you leave a voicemail and mm-hmm. wait to hear back. We'll get back to you. And so what you're saying is she she wanted to talk to somebody, and the next thing pops up is, hey, here's the suicide hotline. Basically, like, sorry, you have to wait six months. Here's a suicide outline. As if you don't feel worse already. <laughs> yeah, that makes you feel a lot worse. Yeah. Right. So luckily, that's what I'm trying to say. In person is definitely better. I agree. But Frankie did find somebody Great. virtually, and it helped her. Good for her. Tremendously. But yeah, she. Awesome. I mean, I think it's always good either way. Not be scared to look for somebody and find yeah. somebody. 
Hey, ask for help, man. I mean, for sure. Even if it's, you, like you said, your fiance, your wife, yeah. or some professional. Who cares, man? I mean, you know, or you could just sports, sports gamble, you know? <laughs> sports game. I mean, so real quick, like, you know, coming right, from law we'll enforcement, and we had to adopt a Greenberger on here. This is, a, what episode is this? Six? This is six. Hey, what, what's your connection to the number six? Anything? Uh, June. I was born in June. Ooh, Damn, bro. 1996. Are you bullshit? June 4th, 1996. Great God. You better play them numbers. Six, son. four, nine, six. Eight hundred million dollars. There it is. But anyway, um, you what's know. your credit and, card number? Six. They're maxed out. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, the point is, you know, particularly with cops, they wouldn't ask for help. I mean, and I've seen people's lives crumble, man. So I, real quick. So when, when I, I taught the academy for, I guess, five years, you know, uh, part-time staff or whatever it was, I would tell my story to every single class, you know, about um, not being able to leave the house, about being an alcoholic and all these things because I'm like, look, um, I didn't mind sharing the story. I mean, I mean I'm, a, I'm a proud person, but I didn't really care because I'm, and I still don't care because I want, if somebody else is in this, that's why I want to touch on this because what you said about therapists, I don't give a shit. I'll tell my story to anybody because I want to be able to help somebody. Right, you want to make it a safe space. Yeah, my, my pride is not, big enough no. that I can't um, share my story with the hopes that somebody else won't go through the same thing. Right. That's all. So, yeah. you know, don't, don't, if you think you need to talk to somebody, talk to them. Absolutely. I think it, making a, you know, a safe space and it, it connecting with people based on your experiences is so big. Yeah, it's big. Because you've already fought the battle. You're just trying to help somebody get right to that point. Get through their battle now. Right. Bone. All right. So wasn't, were you going to ask something else about, uh, oh, man. so yeah, the last talk about DraftKings or something. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to bring it up because <laughs> I think I think it was I don't know who, what podcast was it. All right, so let me let, let me, me just preface just, this real quick. It's with Tommy, when it came up with Tommy, Tommy was yeah. talking about money and sports betting came up, and I started going off saying some people. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. First, when you told me you freaking were on this betting shit, yeah, I was about to reach across the table and smack your freaking hat off. Well, I only did it. I bet like a couple of dollars. Okay, just to go try ahead. it out because they give you like the free. You know, you're bigger than me now, but go ahead. I don't know about that, but they give you like the free. I say free, but credits to bet. And once that was up, I stopped. But I, I was like, yeah, some people get to the point where they're betting on tennis and betting on ping pong. And I completely forgot that Marcus had told me that. Yeah. And he told me after yeah. he listened to it, he was like, yeah, thanks for bringing me up. And All right, so you were, you were the guy betting on tennis? Yeah, I was betting on a lot of Ping like, pong? Yeah, I was, it was bad. I was getting those um, unemployment COVID checks, <laughs> and I was bored. And right. I just had a lot of money to spend. Governor Young can don't, don't, yeah. Whatever the hell the board <laughs> oh, is no, looking my, at. No, we're, I'm we're kidding, not worried dude. about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Dude. I already right. got my tax statement. All right, so go ahead. So, all right, so what happened? How, how did it all begin? Um, well, first, it, it wasn't legal until a couple, like, COVID. I mean, they, yeah, yeah. So, once I it think became it legal, it started at like, it, I think it was like January 2021. So, I was already yeah. getting all my COVID. I already got like, you know, so oh, many COVID checks. A couple grand in the bank account. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I get, mean, get. Rich Where do you think quick. that chain came from on his neck? Oh, geez, baby. my fiance. It was a, I think it was just a birthday gift or it was a Christmas <laughs> gift. Sorry. It was a gift. Sorry. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, I've, I've always enjoyed sports and I was just like, you know, let's just gamble. Let's just have some fun. And it wasn't what was the so first fun. thing you bet on? So what, what, what is a sport you feel confident about betting on? Probably football. It's probably okay. my best sport. So you're a baller, man. Well, no, he's actually a basketball player growing up. All right, but I'm, I'm getting this like you know. So, so no. everybody thinks they know something about a sport. So for you, yeah. it was football. Okay, go yeah. Ahead. What, my, who's your team? Um, the Raiders, but I don't bet on them because they suck. <laughs> and there's a lot of personal bias. You know, what I mean, I don't bet on bias. I mean, Hang we're on, we're Washington fans, so Commanders. Yikes. Dog. I mean, 
They're not too good. The Reds. Oh, the guy. I so I so I so your best your first bet was a football. What was the first game you bet on? I mean, um, explain how. Actually, this works. I think at the time. January, there's no football, so I'm pretty sure I was betting on basketball first, and I was like, you know, I was hitting blah blah blah. But at the time, I was I had like, you know, COVID money, so <laughs> I was just gambling a lot. And then you know, how much? Like, what's the most you won when you were gambling? The most I've won in a single bet. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the most I've ever won, I put fifty down, and I won like five hundred. So I got five hundred back from fifty. It's not bad. The mafia is coming for him. <laughs> oh my God. Well, we're not going to compare that to what you've lost. Yeah, we're not. That's what you said. Tom, was it Tommy that said that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We talk about the wins. We don't talk about the losses. Exactly. Well, we yeah. haven't got there yet. We'll talk about that. All yeah, right. So no. you know she won was $550 bet. I guess the odds are what? 10 to 1 or 100 to 1? It was, like a, it was plus 1,000. So I put 50 and I won 500. Okay. Then what happened? Um, I mean, you couple know, couple UFC fights and then things happen. You know, you're really confident and you put a lot of money down on certain bets and they don't hit and you chase your losses. And what's the most you lost? Nah, we're not talking about that. I mean, I've I've talked to my <laughs> fiance about this. I've talked to. Oh, no, 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 don't get in trouble, dog. No, no, no. I mean, I remember I told, new- I told her one time when I was really like in my in my depths. Yeah. I I think I lost like six hundred on a bet one time. Mm. That was like my biggest loss. That hurts the account a little bit. That hurt my feelings deeply. I had I had sleep for dinner that night. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, that sounds not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I'm picturing like you know thousands. Of oh no no no! Well, there no, are people no, who I'm, get into that. No no no! Yeah, there there are people who my bankrolls. It wasn't that big at the time. It's definitely not that big anymore. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Um, okay. I I still gamble a little bit. I mostly gamble on things I really like. I don't even touch like sports I don't watch because it's like. So what is it you get out of gambling? Is it the uh, the thrill? The uh, yeah, it's just like the little extra personal on it. Like little, yeah, <laughs> like a little like. I'm not on the field, you know, making touchdowns and stuff, but I got like I got like a little win, yeah. you know what I mean? You got a little uh, blood in the game. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I like watching. I like betting on UFC, and I just watch. I like watching men just punch each other to bloody pulps. Yeah, we've always watched UFC. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, Dana White sponsors. But I'm not. But now I know. I know responsible gambling, and I know how to, you know, not lose my rent or you right. know get in trouble so whenever i lose now it's not like anything that's gonna like ruin my night or like ruin the event like if right. i win it's cool it's extra if i lose and it's just like okay i lost lunch for like tuesday or whatever like i'm yeah. not betting more than i can lose yeah. damn this kind of a letdown i was looking for like just some major gambling stuff oh uh, no nah, that was i mean that was early yeah i was really just like pumping money into it and i was like like the mafias you know like you, you know you had to like uh take that special loan from you know <laughs> leo on the corner Nah, it was it wasn't that bad yeah it wasn't that bad the, the state legalized it so yeah you so can fun. just go through the apps and they have every single app that you could possibly think of sports illustrated has a sports betting app hmm. yeah because they get a percentage of that no matter what yeah i was surprised that they, they i mean i know the lottery but i was surprised that they they, they legalized gambling you know? i think they're gonna legalize like online casinos soon i think that's their so next easy. move you download there the app? casinos in the state that you can. They have one in Portsmouth now that my friends go to, and I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna legalize online like gambling on your yeah. phone, like the little roulette and blackjack and stuff. On yeah, because most people have their credit card saved or Apple Pay, right? I mean, with, pull right with the that. sport betting apps, it's just linked to your card. It's linked to your checking account. You can just get it right to your. 
Yeah, it's a bad. I mean, it's it, all broken. It sure is. Yeah, it's a bad it's idea. Very prote- predatory. I mean, because you know, like you know, we're talking about people. Um, everybody thinks money is going to be the, the uh, solution to addiction or depression or or whatever. Since we're talking about mental health, I mean, for some people, money is a curse. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're if you're a drunk or you're a drug addict, money is that's the worst thing. You don't need money. You need something else. You know, it's so fuel that fire. Yeah, I mean, just look. You know, so like you know. Think about like uh, people who get their their checks, you know the um, support checks, you know EBT or whatever mm-hmm. checks. I can't think of the name of it now, but I mean, if, if, if scary disability, whatever, yeah. If, yeah. If, if that translated into cash, I mean, that's why so many of these of these uh, systems or these these uh, like EBT is on a debit card. You can only buy certain kinds of food. Mm-hmm. They those give kind like of a things. list of what you can get. Yeah, yeah. because if not, it would just be. You know, you'd be loading up whatever. on beer yeah. or drugs or God knows what else. So. Yeah. What's I, all, mean, I think it's all addictive, whether it's the rush of winning money. I mean, smoking cigarettes is the same mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. I, I, I think I told you the other day, nothing against anyone who smokes because we have family who smokes and I know plenty of people who smoke, but uh, a guy I worked with, his dad had a stroke 10 years ago and he had this app on his phone that kept track of how much money he saved since he stopped smoking after a stroke. And... After his dad's stroke. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. After his dad yeah. had a stroke. So after 10 years, I think he saved at least eighty to $90,000 within a 10-year span. Wow. Yeah, not buying cigarettes. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah. it's usually, it's probably gone up. I think you guys, I mean, it's at least $800,000 a month. So over yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, depends it, on how much you smoke, of course. I know people that. And drinking's know, the same way. Yeah. They, uh, people I know that spend eight to $900 a month or more on alcohol and, and cigarettes. Mm-hmm. It's like, I can't pay my bills. Like, okay, well, right. hello. Do we need to lay, you know, let's do a, uh, a graph for you. I can't <laughs> afford housing, but you eat out like four times a week and, right. you know, this and that. Yeah, I mean, so yep. you know, life skills, that's the whole thing going back to, to not just, you know, let's think about the COVID. So COVID, you know, I was a big, I'm not trying to get into this debate, you know, but um, not with you guys, but I mean, if somebody's watching and um, the bottom line is, if if you were so worried about your health that you had to wear a mask everywhere you went, but then you went to McDonald's and the lines, you know, out on the street through the drive-through, and you're eating freaking McDonald's, you're not really worried about your freaking health. You understand? So it's like you, you understand that, uh, and so many for the, for the clients and for, for for the clients I see and just for everyday people is much of what your problems are health wise and, and mental health wise is you know of your own doing like you said if i go out and eat junk food every day and I, hey, i've got high cholesterol and you know i'm overweight it's like okay well hey maybe eat healthier right you know those kind of things right but i knew dudes that were triple triple masking and eating you know papa john's or little caesar's pizza for lunch every day <laughs> it's like dude are you freaking serious right now yeah you know no, i mean it, it makes sense it drove me crazy man it's just really not like rational thinking it's like okay you're so worried about this but then you're doing right you're doing worse than the other shit right right crazy man all right hurting yourself now i was gonna gonna say you can this is yes or no question right now this is anything this is is nothing crazy oh man i was was asking uh your shirt did you want to talk about that yeah i was trying to look at a damn thing oh yeah i was gonna bring i was gonna bring up then if you guys were gonna ask me about it but yeah i want to ask i'm gonna ask you about it okay yeah so i'm wearing a a beansway t-shirt so it's um it's a non-profit my stepmom started um, it's kind of in honor and support of my sister who passed away to accidental drowning. Um, she was, I believe, three years old at the time. And um, that's kind of just like a big, uh, one of the leading causes for for children is just accidental drowning. So 
my stepmom became a, a infant swim instructor, so she helps infants learn how to like when they if they fall in a pool, like flip to their back or mm-hmm. you know, kind That's of good, swimming yeah. resources, swimming instruction stuff like that. So yeah, we're having a five k coming up soon. I think on the twelfth. Yeah, August twelfth. August twelfth. Yeah. So where's it gonna be? I mean, it's uh, gonna be um, down in Virginia Beach. Katie and I are gonna go down there. My family is gonna be there. A bunch of family friends. Now, how long has the uh, nonprofit been in in existence? Um, I want to say not not too long after my um, my sister passed away. I know that that happened, and then my I know my mom really went into like this isn't gonna happen to anybody else. Do you know what I mean? Kind of wish what what they went through. So. Yeah, that's kind of. So I mean, is the five k new, or is it this has always been in existence? Um, I think we've we've had we've definitely had this before, but we're trying to you know incorporate new events and really just. It's not even just for Beansway in particular, but it's just for the message of okay, all right, know, got gotcha. children drowning and just mm-hmm. trying to really get awareness on that aspect. I mean, it happens in, instantaneously, and it, it happens in seconds. So oh yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. and that. Now I feel bad because I was like, I want to ask about the damn shirt. I didn't had no idea. So no, don't next feel time, bad. give That's me a heads I up. Man. I wore it. Like, <laughs> nah. Well, no, nah, I'm kidding. But yeah, um, well, I knew it was a sensitive topic. I just, I knew you wore it, and I was. That's a good. I mean, it's a great PSA. Yeah, for sure. Well, know? let's put that and link, in honor of your. Yeah, put that link of, yeah, of the race sure. on there. On the. Uh, Do you guys have a website and stuff too? Yeah, we should, um we have a whole link to Beansway. You can donate. You can. I mean, the five K is coming up, so it's kind of late to do that. But well, you know, you can always donate. You can you know get information on ISR. You can get information on infant swimming uh, resources, instructions, anything like that. Yeah, that's, that's great. ISR. Yeah, infant swimming resources. Yeah. Well, okay. we'll just put it on the thing you do. Yeah, absolutely. On yeah. YouTube. Yeah, yeah, I'll put the link in there. And yeah, if anyone wants to donate or just support or participate or whatever, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Appreciate it. Yeah, just support the cause. In honor of your sister and everything that your family's doing. Gabriella. Keep it going. Yeah. Gabriella. Gabriella, yep. Yep. Yeah, this is tough. I didn't, I didn't know if you wanted to bring it up, but I know it's. I mean, it's. We're at the point now where we want to really like. Push it. Yeah, like, you know share her story and kind of keep her in remembrance and you know we don't want anyone else any other family parent sibling to have to go through this you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. the more awareness you can get out of it it's just the better yeah this is what we talked about you fought a battle you want someone else you want to help someone else get through absolutely so yeah it's good stuff yeah and we're talking about katie a lot you just got engaged i did just get engaged you got engaged literally just about a month ago, yeah. Did That's you cry? Um, no, I didn't cry. I was shaking a lot, though. <laughs> so t- yeah, tell us the setup. How, where did it happen? Well, I remember <laughs> you told me... Well, I well, I know this is going to happen for a while, because you were in my wedding party. You were one of my groomsmen and stuff. Groomsmen, yeah. And then I remember you picked out the ring with Katie. Mm-hmm. Frankie and I did the same thing. Yeah. And then... You told me, I don't know, a month before the whole... The whole plan. Yeah, whole plan. I had it all lined up because I had so to, go get, ahead. I had to get a photographer and everything. So we went to Maymont Park, which is like a really pretty kind of floral botanical garden in Richmond. Um, I took her there. I had the photographer ready and everything. I set her up. It was so hot out there. I think I was, that was one of the weekends it was... It was like in pushing, the 90s for the first it was time. Pushing in the 90s, yeah. And I was like, hey, babe, let's just, you know, go. Let's just go for a walk real quick. She 100% knew. Because <laughs> the yeah. whole time I was like, 
Yeah, can you get your nails done? Like, oh, you want to, you know, <laughs> yeah, get your yeah. eyebrows done? Nails look you know, right in the picture. I because I knew if if it whatever would have happened, it was just it had to it had just had to be right. <laughs> so you know, I took her to Maymont, just a, a, she a got, beautiful she, area. She's got Marcus. It was a beautiful area, <laughs> um, and I had the photographer set up and everything, and it just it was perfect. We got the the pictures. No one was there when we took the pictures. It was just. It really so, kind of worked out any better. What'd you say? Like, hey, will you go with me? Yeah. So I kind of, I feel like I kind of blacked out a little bit. I was just like, <laughs> hey, I, 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 you know, I love you. You're my best friend. You make me a better man every single day. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Damn. And I just popped on one knee and I opened the box upside down. Actually, she told me that later. You have, yeah. Yeah. There's always something. Yeah, yeah I opened yeah. the box and the, the ring is like hanging from the top of the box. And she was like, Damn. you know you opened the box backwards? And I was like, no, nah, I don't remember anything. <laughs> I just pulled out of my pocket and I opened it. I didn't even look at it. Yeah. But yeah, I grabbed her hand and she was like shaking. So oh, the nice. photographer was there and everything. It was just, it was, it was beautiful. Everything worked out like exactly Damn. how I wanted it to. That's nice. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah, congrats. I remember when I proposed that Frankie had everything planned out and I, for, I didn't know what hand to put it on. So I'm sitting there with the ring in my hand, and I'm thinking because she's facing me, so I'm like, right, right, so yeah, my left. left, her left. So I had to ask her what hand to put it on, mm-hmm. and she still brings that up. Dang. Yeah. She, well, I figured she'd like offer her hand to me, but she's sitting there, same thing, shaking, nervous. Oh and, man. And I'm like, uh. Well, I mean, congratulations yeah. to both of you guys, man. Because yeah, I mean, you. yeah, such a push not to get married, not to have kids, and all this kind of crap. And it's like these people that are pushing this narrative are got some serious problems. I'm trying to be I like mean, y'all. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, when I engaged, when I proposed to Eric's mom, we lived in Hopewell, and I just did it. We were in the bathroom. Like this, this addition of this, this house has been added onto like, I don't know how many, three or four times, and we're in this little makeshift bathroom. It's like they added an outhouse, you know, like, you know, connected it to the crib. And um, back in my day, yeah, I just, I just did it on the bathroom floor, yeah, man. There's a bathroom extended to the house. <laughs> She's like, are you going to sit or are you going to stand? Because I was, you know, in the bathroom. Right. On the, we had like the sit down toilet, you know, yeah. like most houses do. And I just <laughs> like ro- most people. Have I just rolled out to the knee, man. That was it. No ring. They couldn't afford a ring. And wait, so you're sitting on the toilet and went yeah. straight to a knee from the toilet. Yeah, pants at the ankles, something like that. <laughs> She's like, at least put a towel on, you know, this cover yourself up. What well, the bathroom is true, but the, the rest yeah, of your life. I probably think we, I think we we had this big cast iron tub, you know, mm-hmm. with the, the bear claw things, you know, the claw uh, foot tub, claw foot tub. We all seventeen hundreds or something. I don't know. This house is old, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just rolled out the bathtub, man. What's up? You want to get hitched up or what? <laughs> he knew what he wanted. He made a move. We've been married for thirty some years, so we're doing all right, man. That's what it, it takes. Out. Roll out a tub. <laughs> out the tub. <laughs> Rolled out. On the one knee. Roll tide. <laughs> Roll tide. Well, I don't know. I don't support that. I don't either. But anyway, I, it just sounded cool because of the, the tide of the tub, you know? The tide of the bathtub. Go know? Rams. Yeah. Undefeated, undefeated football hey, team. Hey, and y'all got a new uh, basketball coach, man. I don't know. I can't believe uh, Mike Rhodes left. Yeah, man. With the, what, Penn State or something like that. But anyway, something the point like is, yeah, I, think all, I think the team's going to be a lot. It's going to be good. It's all money. <laughs> so uh let's see where are we at yeah but no um we've been engaged for almost a month now and um a ton of people are asking us yeah when is the wedding every, oh, where man. is it at man <laughs> you should have all where's the wedding what colors are you wearing when is the wedding who's in the bridal parties yeah who's in the what bridal do you guys parties want to eat? marcus 
just every question under the sun has been asked, and it's who's, just like, can we planning stage? I know who's in the. I mean, you're still on the planning stage, right? We are in the yeah, of course. But it's yeah. just like we just started planning, and people are asking us every question, and it's just and like, just, well, we'll, we will get there. Yeah, just say, look, man, um, take who's in the bridal party? <laughs> you already know. Don't ask those crazy questions. So, um, let me ask you this: What's the one thing you've always wanted to tell Eric that you never had a chance? God, <laughs> you don't have to do this shit. <laughs> I love. I don't know. Man. I feel like I've always been so honest with him. I feel like we've really been through like thick and thin. Like he, couples he, counseling. He knows right that now. He truly knows How everything. How did you feel when he hurt your feelings the second time? <laughs> no, nah, I'm kidding. All right, so I never hurt Marcus's feelings, dude. Shit. I mean, one time I came over to the apartment. Oh, God, like, so what's? I mean, let, probably get, had to wrap this up soon, but. You guys lived at 1200 or some shit? Like, what was it? 1200? Yeah. 1200. Yeah. So, first it was 17th floor. That was our junior year. Oh, God. There's a whole story they, about that that I, I was going to tell, but I think we're running out of time. But, yeah, who gives a shit? We're running the podcast. What's time? Well, first I want to bring up we lived in B&B. <laughs> Excuse me. What is B&B? Broad and Belvedere. Broad and Belvedere. That's, that's what the apartment complex is called. Called a B&B, baby. Called we're B&B. first floor. Random roommate almost got us all arrested. Mm. Anyway. B&B had, was infested with rats. Sure was. So every morning at 4 a.m., the trash trucks would come, and the dumpsters were outside of our rooms. The, the headlights from the trash truck would shine in our rooms at 4.30. Then you're banging the trash cans. It happened every morning. But, of course, there were rats in the, build, in the whole first floor. So Gee, I remember neat. Marcus got home one night, maybe drunk from a party, Hmm. But, but tell, tell me what happened. You walked into the kitchen. Yeah, so I walked home um, pretty late from uh, some extracurricular events. And I walked into our apartment and a rat jumped out of the trash can Gee, and me. scurried his way onto Eric and I's side of the apartment. He said, you know when the dog can't get traction on the floor? Yeah, you know when it like it's, gets it and it like, slides and it goes? That's exactly what happened. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, I'm not going over there. So I woke up, Mike, who was living us with at the time, and I said, hey, man, uh, there's a rat in our apartment. <laughs> and then I woke up Eric, and somehow to this day, we never found, we never found the rat. Yeah. And I... We closed off the whole room or side of I the room. I don't know what to say about it. With a lacrosse stick and a broom and never found that rat. And then... We thought we trapped it in the bathroom, and then we opened the bathroom door up, and it wasn't there, and it made us even more scared. Yeah. So then at one point, there was a hole in our kitchen. The rats were coming through the hole. So we, they patched it up uh, with, with uh, whatever, drywall. They literally crawled. They literally we, scratched their way through drywall. Yeah. Through the, they made a hole in the wall. The rats ate back their way back through the wall. So one night, we, I put a plastic to-go container before they got there again, duct taped it to the wall, and we woke up to them scratching you can see their eyes poking through the, the plastic and they're scratching at this plastic in, to-go container trying to get into our room. Top five most terrifying moments of my life. And we're talking to the neighbors and everyone had the same same problem. So they I came. I remember it woke, I was the farthest room away from it almost and I heard it. It woke me up yeah, and I texted squeaking. you in the middle of the night. I In my mind, I was like, there's no way he responds to this. I'm just going to text him. And I was like, yo, Eric, there's. do you hear these rats right now? And he texted me back immediately and you were like yeah i hear him and i was like there's no way this is happening right now <laughs> yeah so they came and exterminated them and patched the holes so yeah there's just dead rats in the walls now or something yeah whatever it's but fine. i've heard that i think they dehyd the poison yeah but then where do they De- go it dehydrates them so they kind of just turn to powder turn into powder <laughs> <laughs> turn into drywall turn into powder <laughs> anyway so yeah we did that lived at 1200 and that was 
right behind the Seagull Center where they play basketball. So with Frankie was on the cheer team, so he went to all kinds of basketball games. Yeah, I was on the. I was That's when the, you were in the Peppas. Peppas, yeah. I was in the Pep Band for a couple of years. Go through and see y'all too, yeah. So we got free tickets all the time. So watch basketball, live the twelve hundred, and now we're now we're back in Chester. That's Full it, circle, dude. Back to Full the Full circle. <laughs> so, uh, any any last second shout outs you have? Anything you want to talk about? Um. No, we kind of talked about Beansway. That was kind of what I was going to talk about, to be honest. Yeah. But um, no, I'm, good PSA. I'm really honored, honored to be here. I was glad we got to talk about, like, you know, mental health and, you know, just everything going on. Chat it up. <laughs> yeah. On the hill. Chat it up on, on the, the hill. hill. That's good stuff, man. We'll so, get, go ahead. Yeah, in the future, we're going to get some cups made. So uh, next time, we'll have you back on. You'll We'll give you a... I'll uh, be on the pre-order. On the hill hat, man. <laughs> yeah. On the hill cup, man. Coffee cup. I saw the design. We'll get you a hat, too. Yeah. And you got I get, didn't get the hat. Oh, never mind. Well, he, he took, he his, took off. his hat off. Yeah. yeah, what you got to do is get a tattoo, though, man. On the hill. On the hill, baby. You... Oh, you do have a tattoo. <laughs> I do have I do have one tat, yeah. I'm actually thinking about getting a leg sleeve, to be honest. That's my next... I'm thinking about getting a leg sleeve. Like up the calf? I got big thighs, so I might just like go. Up, 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 I might go to like maybe a little bit above my knee or something. I don't really know. But, just get your yeah. fiance like tattooed on the side of your calf man your, your thigh. i've always been like i thought I was, i've always thought like a pinup doll was pretty cool i've been i've kind of been into those mm-hmm. all the way up your leg no not that big <laughs> stretched out <laughs> <laughs> no nah, not quite yeah we'll get the we'll get the on the hill tattoo i'm trying, trying to be like you with your oh, half dude. full half, have a half, sleeve, half sleeve, yeah. i'll get it finished one day once i get the money up yeah my dad's birthday on my arm that's all i have right now well you got one too Mm-hmm. I'm saying we got to get the matching on the hill tattoos. On the hill. <laughs> Every guest got to get one, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's your parting gift is a tattoo. Gets told after I'm already on. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we're kidding. We're kidding. Well, yeah, I think that's it, man. We, we appreciate you have, having you on here and um, hope you enjoy watching it. Tell your family and friends, man. It's well, say, of course, yeah. Day one supporter right here. Day one. Absolutely. He's, yeah, I mean... The, the day the first episode came out, he was already texting me that he listened, watched it. I was in an airport, not feeling the best, and I listened to you guys hit your little. It was like a, the ten minute one, right? It was the that was our one. pilot, yeah, yeah, yeah the, pilot, the yeah. pilot. I remember that, and I was like, "This is it." I loved it. Yeah, I mean, you know, and and it's just just something we like doing because you know, father and son, but we like to he- hear people's life stories, man. Yeah, for sure. You guys have so many connections, like both ways. You know what I mean? And you guys are really able to bring some bring people here in the middle and kind of just this was all talk. About. Yeah, absolutely. We had, business owners you know people with phds and we got just yeah i've always loved, I've, I've always loved the message you know what i mean you know you kind of go through your things and you get on the hill and you figure it out and you just keep it moving i love that up and up up the hill and back down the other side that's what's off the hill <laughs> <laughs> well this is i don't know why i didn't bring this up I, I mean we talked about this the first episode but every every time we hang out it's like, what are we doing tonight? And you always ask, are we going to hang out at so-and-so's house or are we coming to the hill? Hill, hill. <laughs> <laughs> and Rot, rots on the hill. Yeah, we're coming to the hill. Yeah, baby. we're always going to the hill. I love it. So look, let me tell you one more story. So we, uh, <laughs> I just want to tell us real quick. I knew it was something I was going to say. Um, so, you know, you guys legitly got engaged, right? So, you know, you, you uh, met, a, met a young ladies and... You know, you courted them and all this, and then you, mm-hmm. you guys went out and picked out your rings and stuff, and mm-hmm. they picked out something they like. That's smart because, you know, what if, you know, you pick out the wrong ring and they got to wear this shit the rest of their lives? And Not yet. So I got a friend of mine, we're trying to get him on here, and, and he's actually one of the inspirations to the show. <laughs> oh, so, God. Oh, God. 
he's been married how many times? Twice now? But anyway, we won't say his name. But a few Christmases ago, you know, he makes the announcement he's dating this girl, you know. We all and the fact we all had gone to high school together. So we all had kind of known each other. Even even the girl he proposed to uh, allegedly at Christmas. So he's got his whole family over there, right? And and uh he pulls out this ring and he's like, I'm gonna say her name. He's like, Hey, you know, in front of his family. Will you marry me? And, you know, she's crying and there's all this kind of shit. And then, like, his Tell mom's like, welcome to the family, you know. <laughs> so then, you know, they end up breaking up, you know. So so yeah. then we're on this fishing trip. We always used to go on, like, three or four months later, you know. Right. And this cat's son's like, you know, we're, somehow we're talking about the engagement. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I can't remember how we start talking about it. But essentially, the, the lady he proposed to, she bought the ring. <laughs> On her credit card. On her credit card. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, you know, when it came to like her keeping the ring and him not getting it back because he thought he had paid for it, you know, she kept nah, it because she already paid for it. Right. It was all hoax, man. <laughs> She's like, yeah, that's actually mine. So this is mine. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully we'll get him on here, but uh, just I'm glad you guys didn't do it that way, man. No, I. They picked but, it out, but we. <laughs> I've heard, I've heard like our generation is like more like going into, did, I mean, does your wife know? Did she see the ring before you proposed to her? I didn't even have a ring. Couldn't afford it. Oh, you told me you already said that. Yeah, we lived on Campbell's soup. Bathroom. Yeah. We so made a meal I, out of Campbell's soup and a loaf of bread, man. I feel like with our generation, uh, it's... Green beans and tomatoes. Oh, my God. That's just true, bro. Canned green I beans. I mean, canned green beans, a, a little bit of butter and salt was my childhood. I know. Say that bro, again. Canned green beans, a little bit of butter and salt. God. Bingo. Just blew up the microphone. We're related, bro. <laughs> I know. God in there. Damn. Rice in the rice maker. Yeah. Oh, well, I had it too. A little bit of rice, green beans, tomatoes. In fact, I loved it so much I choked on it one night. But anyway. <laughs> green beans is still my favorite vegetable. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't ruin it you somehow. I swear, I ate it that all as a kid. I introduced Frankie to canned green beans. Canned green beans God. go hard. That's Just living, bro. Way better than the. You know, who needs fresh green who beans? Needs those Trader Joe green beans. <laughs> I didn't mean it. Yeah. But anyway, um. <laughs> damn. All right. So I guess this is the wrap. Anything else? No, I mean, I just, you know, I'm, I'm glad we were able to talk about mental health and kind of hopefully not eliminate that stigma. It's always going to be there. But, you know, three guys yeah. kind of talking about mental health and how important it is. I feel like yeah. that's it's huge that's, nowadays. That's what it's about. Yeah, for sure. Well, look at the camera now. Give my little spiel. Go ahead. Uh, if you haven't already, give us a follow and a like on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Give us a listen wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple Music, Spotify. And, of course, video is going to be live on YouTube. Um Thank you, Marcus, Bianchi, for coming to the Hill. Hope you had a good time. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Peace. Thank you for listening to On the Hill. Like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. See you 